If only the Bible ended with Genesis chapter 1, how much easier and better would our lives be? That chapter has been the subject of the last seven weeks of worship services as we have explored the beauty and splendor of all that God has created. From the light and the firmament to the seas and the sky, from the planets and stars to the land and all that it contains, God made everything, creating order out of chaos, and after each day, uttering this refrain, it is good. God made all things to be inherently good. And wouldn't it be nice if God's grand story ended there forever? But as you well know, in comes Genesis chapters 2 and 3. And as it turns out, there is one more thing that needed to be created. It's something that God chose to not create alone. Something God invited humanity to join in co-creating. The one thing that still needed to be created was obedience. God created free will and the capacity for humans to choose. And in doing that, God chose not to create or, or force human obedience to God. Instead, obedience was something that God required humans to create with God. I like the way theologian John Hick has described it. When we think about the Garden of Eden, we have an image of paradise as a kind of place where everything was perfect and static. Adam and Eve could eat and never get fat, run and never get tired. Time would pass but never grow old. And, and that very well may have been the case. But we also know that in the midst of that paradise, God embedded a temptation, a tree of the knowledge of good and evil that God instructed Adam and Eve not to eat. But John Hick poses an interesting question. What if God created that temptation not as an exception to the paradise, but as an important part of it? He suggests that the presence of the temptation, in fact, made the garden a paradise, because in this way, souls could be formed. People could choose to turn toward God and away from those things that are not God. People could develop a desire for God and become more deeply committed to God in the midst of temptation. In other words, the presence of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil made it possible for human beings to co-create obedience with God. As we officially conclude our worship series on the seven days of creation, and as we begin our Lenten journey today, we are confronted by the same fundamental question that God asked of Adam and Eve since the beginning of the human story. Will you give in to the sin and temptation in your life, or will you choose to be obedient to God and co-create a soul of commitment and trust in God? The serpent told them that if they eat the forbidden fruit, they will become like God and will know the difference between good and evil. And as it turns out, the serpent wasn't lying. For once Adam and Eve did eat the fruit, God said, See, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. 
So the sin that Adam and Eve committed in the garden was not simply that they disobeyed God, even though they did, and it wasn't that they fell for the serpent's lie, because in fact the serpent was telling the truth. The sin of Adam and Eve was believing that they had what it took to be like God, when in fact they did not. They believed they could handle the responsibility of knowing the difference between good and evil, when in fact they could not. And when they realized that, they felt naked and ashamed. So what this story teaches us is that even though we have been created in God's image, we are not capable of being God or acting like God. The great philosopher Albert Camus said, man is the only creature who refuses to be what he is. And I love Albert Einstein's quote. He put it more bluntly. Two things are infinite, the universe and human stupidity. And I'm not sure about the universe. But notice something. God didn't give up on humanity, right? I mean, God could have easily killed Adam and Eve right then and there and started over, but God didn't. Instead, God adapted. God pivoted. God made a new way for human beings to co-create a future of obedience. It'd be harder. It'd be much harder because from now on, they'd have to work hard to survive and sweat when they labored and have pain in their labors. But with that burden, there would be a privilege. God and humans would now be able to co-create a future together. And that, in a nutshell, is the story of the human relationship with God. God created us to be good. We chose disobedience. God doesn't give up on us, but instead creates a way for us to be in full relationship together. And that brings us to today and the start of Lent. Using the symbol of ashes, the ancient liturgical sign of repentance and obedience, you are invited to pick up the story of Adam and Eve and choose to do better which you can do because you have a gift that makes such a choice possible. It's the gift of Jesus Christ, whose birth, life, death, and resurrection enables you to be in a full and right and obedient relationship with God. Over the next seven weeks, we will encounter stories of people whose lives were transformed by encounters with Jesus, each one discovering God's grace and mercy and forgiveness, around a common symbol, the table. The series is titled Meeting Jesus at the Table and is built around a recently published book that we are using as the basis of this series and for small groups that we encourage you to be a part of. And you can go to our Next Steps page right now to sign up for any of a number of new small groups that are starting. But for now, let us be part of the unfolding story of God's love and take up God's call to repent of our sins and choose the better way. That, that choice, the choice of obedience, is a gift from God. It allows us to curate a desire and commitment for God, which God would say is good. Let's pray.
Gracious God, forgive us for our sinful ways and the many times that we choose to turn away from you. Thank you for giving us the gift of repentance, which enables us to turn away from sin and toward you. Bless this act of repentance, that we might experience the fullness of your forgiveness and the breadth of your love. In Jesus' name, amen.